y'all doing? I'm Michael. I'm with my friend Alex, and we're here for another episode of Falling Through Plot Holes, a series where we discuss video game franchises, their plot lines, and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And we're here with part three of our series on Mega Man. Last time we left off, we ended up talking about the rest of Mega Man X. We jumped into Mega Man Zero. And by the end of it, we learned why you shouldn't put future Hitler into an immortal robot body. Turns out things go bad when that happens. Turns out they don't learn their lesson. But I'm sure things are going to get better in our next series as we cover Mega Man ZX, where I'm sure everything is going to be nice and absolutely fine, and there'll be nothing that's ever going to go wrong again. All right, Alex. Ready to move on to Mega Man ZX? I believe I am. Ah, uh, yes. So a little bit about it. While this was the end of the Mega Man Zero series in terms of the story, it wasn't the end in terms of its spirit. Released one year after Mega Man Zero 4, Mega Man ZX continues a lot of the gameplay ideas and even some aspect of the story from Zero, while also changing some aspects of its presentation. It's more of a Metroidvania now, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of just playing as a Zero-like character, players can get different biometals, which allows them to transform into armors containing the abilities, the same abilities as the Guardians from the Mega Man Zero series. So this is how they kind of sort of come back a little bit. Right. The two changes put a heavier emphasis on exploration and in general was well-received. In the short time I had to like research this, I wasn't able to mm -hmm. find too much about its development. It looks like it was just kind of a relatively seamless transition from working on Zero to working on the ZX series. I should point out they did have to move on to a new console, they, or new handheld, this is right. developed for the Nintendo DS, and do have a bit of a crisper look because of that. So unlike X and Zero, though, Mega Man ZX wouldn't be finished. Uh, this game is going to be played by pretty low sales, and... Only two games are going to be released in the series, and it looks very unlikely that it will ever be finished. That being said, let's go ahead and talk about them. Okay. So, Mega Man ZX takes place 200 years after the events of Mega Man Zero. Cities have now been rebuilt, and while there wasn't a true peace, humanity and replays came to a truce. This truce was centered around a very stupid law. Oh boy. So... This law stated that humans and replates had to be made similar. Humans, Wait, what does that mean? Oh, humans get biomechanical parts. Uh, replates get limited lifespans. What? <laughs> Seems like there's like a lot more downsides for the replates than the humans in this situation, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, the idea is like, oh, but what if humans had m machines in them? Then that would mean that they wouldn't feel like oppressing the Reploids, right? No, that's not the core problem. It is not. It is not at all. <laughs> so all this was decided upon by the Sage Trinity, the leadership that oversees all the nations, which makes you wonder why there are separate nations, but whatever. So Mavericks still exist, but these are the ones who don't follow the laws like, if they don't follow them, they're branded as such. And there's also a few that still do go a little crazy. And apparently, now, according to some sources I read, some humans are also going crazy, because now they have they have robot parts in them. <laughs> Wait, 
haven't humans had robot parts in them before? I mean, they almost undoubtedly have, but I don't think there's actually ever any example of such. Huh. In the Mega Man series? Yeah. It's, well, no, I, um, actually, well, I, it depends on how CL was built or created, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know if it was just genetic engineering or, you know, if there's Wait, robots. wasn't CL a human? CL is human, yes. Okay. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said built. That was poor, <laughs> poor wording on my part. So this law got put into place and, you know, the world did seem like it was at peace. So while the cities and nations, so they like were concentrated in like this inner ring and outer ring, like the cities and whatnot, mm-hmm. nations, the inner ring near the capital was well protected. Cities on the outer rim was a little unsafe because they rarely got the protection that uh, the inner cities would. Right. So a new organization, though, sprung up called the Guardians to help investigate these maverick attacks that are helping that are happening and keep the people safe. We later learned they're an evolution of the resistance from Mega Man Zero, to the point that they look pretty much similar, like if not identical. Mm-hmm. So the story begins with us meeting the main character Vent. And I, I should clarify, you can technically between pick between Vent and I believe it's either Ale or Ali. Uh one male, one female, uh both human. For the purposes of this, because the story's not that much different, and really more for Mega Man's uh, ZX Advent, we're just going to go with Vent. Okay. So I'll go ahead and put up a little little, little picture of Vent. Vent's a, Vent's a young anime boy with you know, nice yep. spiky hair. He's wearing a blue vest, and he has white pants that don't make sense. <laughs> I don't know how they are staying up, but... Don't know. He works in a transporting company with his mentor, Jiro. Who's a replit? And I'll, I'll pull up uh, Jiro as well. Jiro looks like um, Kenshin Himura crossed with Zero. So, you know, he looks mm-hmm. like he's like a gentle guy with long yellow hair, wears a lot of red. Uh, replits in this era, you could tell because they usually have like a, a red triangle on their head. Right. So that's how you know. Otherwise, they are pretty much indistinguishable at this point. So they are tasked with delivering an important package to the Guardians. But before that can happen... They are attacked by Mavericks, and, like, Vent is knocked off the cliff with a mysterious package, and he managed to escape, like, through this forest away from the Mavericks, reaches the rendezvous point where he meets the leader of the Guardians, whose name is Prairie. They'll have a picture of Prairie, but Prairie is just Repoid CL. Literally just has blonde hair, wears a lot of pink. That's literally her deal. Uh, there is some implication that she is related to a Replay that was part of CL's group back in the day. It was like a little girl Replay. Mm-hmm. But it's never officially confirmed. So before he can hand over the package to her, they're attacked by a giant snake maverick. It looks like they're about to die when the package floats up and reveals that it's it's called Biometal X. I forgot about that. Yeah. So biometals contain the souls of replicate heroes of the past. So remember when I said X was dead? Eh, maybe not. Maybe he's not. He's not actually dead. Yeah. So uh. it speaks to Vent and tells him to mega merge with him. Oh God. So Vent does so, and he basically transforms into Mega Man X, as I am going to show when I put up this photo of Vent with a very Mega Man X helmet on and a Buster. Yep. So he's able to easily defeat the Snake Maverick and a bunch of other Mavericks and, you know, gets uh, Prairie out of there. So Prairie sends him to go find Giro and save him from the Mavericks. 
And he ends up getting attacked by a bunch of Mavericks himself, Vent does. But thankfully mm-hmm. him, Gero shows up, basically dressed as Zero, and manages to defeat the Mavericks with ease. He reveals that he possesses Biometal Z. And that he's a member of the Guardians and has been watching over Vent for a long time. Because he suspected that Vent was a Mega Man. Oh, God. <laughs> Real title card dropping in sort of moment here. We're going to be talking a lot about Mega Man in this. Even if you're a Mega Lady, you're still a Mega Man, by the way. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so Mega Men are capable of using the biometals. And there are apparently very few of these people. And we're going to learn later why this is. It's never explained in this game, but it's a really dumb reason, I will assure you. Of course, I assumed. So, Gero and Prairie managed to convince Fent to join the Guardians and help them investigate the Maverick attacks. And thankfully for them, they don't have to wait long for leads. They get word that Mavericks are attacking the inner cities, particularly the area around Serpent Incorporated's headquarters. So, Serpent Incorporated is basically the reason why the cities exist. They are the main power supplier in the region. They basically dug up a bunch of like old technology, repurposed it, and because of that, it's the reason why humanity and Reploids are even able to still exist at this point. So they are led by Benevolent Man, well, Benevolent Man Reploid, by the name of Serpent. Okay. And look at this guy. Serpent yeah, is a, Serpent look is, how benevolent. Yeah. He's a, he's a real buff man wearing, like, a real weird, like, green peacoat with an ascot, and he has, like, purple spiky hair, and he does not look evil. No. Doesn't look evil. Doesn't have an evil name. Absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, everyone talks about, it's like, man, Serpent is so great. He, pretty, he created a bunch of armies and saved a bunch of cities from Maverick attacks, and he is the absolute best. He is the best person in the world, and within five minutes, every, like, we find out, no, he's evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well you know oh yeah i don't kind of don't blame him. you named him serpent it's like there's not really a twist there anymore is there no no if anything i respect them for not trying to drag it out <laughs> what if they just like made like an anagram out of it and like his name was like terpers or something yeah be <laughs> yeah. better yeah. probably yeah be better right <laughs> uh so so Vent wants to go out and like take on these uh, Mavericks, but everyone's like, hey, no, we need to maybe wait and like investigate this, and you're just not ready. But Vent's like, I'm fed up waiting. I lost my mom to a Maverick raid 10 years ago, and I'm not going to let it happen again. So he runs off, and Gero catches up with Vent and is like, all right, man, I'm going to go with you. Don't worry. So they make their way to Serpent HQ, when all of a sudden they're disabled by a giant bolt of lightning. Just then, Serpent walks out of the headquarters, flanked by two Reploids. Prometheus and Pandora, who I did not get photos for, but one looks like the Grim Reaper and the other looks like a weird sort of angel thing. Okay, sure. Yeah. So Serpent reveals he's the owner of Biometal W. God. Yeah. God. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> oh, it gets better. It's a biometal he can't fully control due to his inability to access the W core. Do you, do you want to know where they found the W core? Was it in a skull fortress? Not quite, but it was in the ruins of Ragnarok. Okay, sure. <laughs> oh, you were thinking W like Dr. Wily. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Was Vile spelled with a W? Yep, W-E-I-L. 
Now, if it's Japan, it is spelled just vile, V-I-L-E, right. which is really confusing because, you know, there's a, there is a vile in the Mega Man, you know, mythology right. already, which makes sense why it got renamed here, but yeah. This, this is so... Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay, wait, the biometals contain the soul, the DNA souls of reploids, right? Yep. Okay. Was Dr. Vile a reploid? Well, he was put in a ro- in a robot body. Although right. To be fair, like like Biometal W never like speaks or anything like that. So he he may just not exist and it's just maybe like a meloviant evil Biometal. Okay. Hmm. So he can't control it because he can't access the W core and he needs the passwords from all the Biometals in order to do so because there's there's a lot of them. There's one based upon every one of the guardians, right? Right. So he takes the passwords from Biometals Z and X and then corrupts Kuro and forces him to attack Vent. Vent manages to defeat him, but as they both lay dying on the floor, wounded, the Mavericks start to surround him. Giro tells Biometal Z to merge with Vent at the cost of his own life. So he does so, and Vent becomes Mega Man ZX. Woo! Yep, sure. Mega Man ZX looks just like Zero and controls just like Zero. <laughs> he is just Zero. He is. There was no X in there. Damn. Like, even in-game, like, if you squint, like, his sprite looks basically just like Zeros. Right. So, yeah. That's great. He defeats all the Mavericks around him. And uh, he gets back to Guardian HQ, and Prairie and Vent realize they need to get the passwords themselves in order to get access to W-Corp before Serpent can do, like, whatever he plans on doing. Mm-hmm. So to do this, they need to go and defeat Serpent's uh, Mavericks, who are called the Pseudoroids, because they all have the Biometals among them. And so every time he like Vent gets a biometal, he can transform it to that person. So like he can basically transform to like Harpuna or Leviathan right. and all that, have their abilities. It's a really cool feature in the game. I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. So Vent manages to do all this and he fights his way back to Serpent headquarters. He fights through the building, finding out Prometheus and Pandora, who we learn are just using Serpent in hopes of taking the power of the W core themselves. They don't say why that's going to happen. They just say, yeah, whatever. Serpent sucks. We just want his, we just want the core. Right. Oh no. Why are you punching me? I'm, we're going to leave for the rest of the game. Oh yeah. They just disappear. Don't worry. We're, oh. we're going to learn what their deal is the next game. Okay. So Vent runs to Serpent and Serpent decides now is a good time to reveal his plan. He's been behind all the Maverick attacks. You, sure. So you see, he used to be part of the Guardians, but one day they went on an excavation mission around the remains of Ragnarok where they discovered the W Corps. Unfortunately, it turned everybody insane, except for the one human that was there who's heavily implied as CL. Mm-hmm. So they all go crazy. Serpent doesn't go completely crazy, just crazy enough. And he decides that, okay, well, what if I could use the W core to turn everybody into Mavericks and get unlimited power? So he decides that in order to do that, he needs to unlock the W core of two ways. One, he needs the passwords. And two, he needs to put enough suffering into the W core to make it happen. And what? that involves turning people into cyber elves. Well, people and replicas, because now people can apparently turn to cyber elves. And use that to power up and unlock the W core. 
Now, once again, he could have done this sooner, but that lead researcher that's heavily implied to be CL is the one who encrypted all that and created the biometals in the first place. Uh, okay. I, I don't know if she created the biometal W. That If she did, that's that was kind of a mistake on her part, but... Right, yeah. But whatever. So it turns out this still isn't enough to activate the W core, but since Vent is so angry about Mavericks, that's enough to tip things over. Like, the W core absorbs what? that. And it comes to life and mega merges with Serpent. So, Vent... Okay, so now human emotions are also airborne? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Listen, if it works for Vegna Gun, it works for the W Core. Yeah, alright. So, the biomedals tell Vent not to be afraid you could defeat Serpent. And he does. He, he, he wipes out Serpent and presumably destroys the W Core. Like, the headquarters collapse, they blow up... And Vent briefly wonders what it was all for. But then the cyber elf spirit of Giro shows up and tells him he's great and should continue fighting, which he's like, I should. And he resolves to do so as part of the Guardians. Wait, okay, I'm really confused. Right. Where do cyber elves come from again? So cyber elves, okay, so here's the thing. Cyber elves are created by people or replicas or whatever. But you apparently, at some point, they decided that the mother elf can create cyber elves out of red blades and then at some point they decided i guess if you try hard enough you can just become a cyber elf if you die as in the oh. case of Giro. and i guess like serpent has some way to turn people in red blades to the cyber elves probably to w okay so are, are cyber elves just like ghosts at this point yeah they're just ghosts they're just ghosts okay. that you can train their energy, I guess. Yeah, they're almost always Reploids. And, right. and I think the reason why humans can be turned to Cyberelves now is because they have biomechanical parts. Right. I think is the, the implication of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, that was dumb. Yeah. It gets dumber. Like, it was, it was honestly all fine. Right up until I need enough suffering to unlock the W core. <laughs> yeah. Like most of it was tracking. It wasn't like amazing or inspired, but it was functional and logical and everyone like made sense as a character. Yeah. And then I'm going to turn people into elves. <laughs> yeah. And then the Mega Man happened. Yeah. And they're like, wait, hold on. It's, this isn't ridiculous enough. Like, biometals is a ridiculous conceit, but it's not by any stretch the most ridiculous conceit they've had so far. Yeah, it's it's not the worst by far. Yeah. But okay. Okay, sure. The, the suffering core needed to suffer. Yep, it needed to suffer real bad. Yeah. So that's Mega Man ZX. All right. So I think like a year or two later... Uh, I think it was two yeah, I think it was literally actually a year later. Mega Man ZX mm -hmm. Advent comes out. So once again, for the purposes of this game, there are two protagonists, and there's actually a bigger difference this time. Ash, the female character, is human. Uh, Gray is a replicate, and like the backstories are significantly different. Mm -hmm. The overall crux of the game and how it proceeds is more or less the same. So Advent only shows up if you play as Ash. So for the purposes of this, we're going to just refer to Ash as the protagonist just to make things a little, a little bit more simple. Okay. So just going forward from there. So Mega Man ZX Advent starts off with 
us being introduced to Ash. Ash is working for the Legion, which is the governing body of basically everything, as a relic hunter. Relic hunters scavenge for lost technology in hopes of bettering the lives of others and, of course, earning herself some money. Mm -hmm. So one day she is sent after a biometal that's been taken by just a group called the Raiders that she manages to retrieve, but then is almost immediately attacked by Prometheus, who's back via unknown means, but uh, she manages to, like, escape. She doesn't know how. She just sort of passes out and wakes up in hunter camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's tasked with uh, taking a biometal known as Model A back to Legion via train. So she's on this train, attacked by Prometheus and now Pandora as well, and is forced to mega-merge with the biometal because it turns out she's also a mega-man. Sure. So she manages to fight them off and destroys a pseudoroid named Buckfire. <laughs> That one's pretty good. That, that's, it's pretty good. I had to make sure to include that one in there. So, defeats Buckfire, who's also attacking the train, but the train ends up getting disabled because of this. So she now has to go get parts to repair it. It's during this travels that she meets four new Mega Men, who we're not going to really talk that much about, but I'll go ahead and mention their names here. Atlas, Theodis, Ariolus, and Sinark. And they're based upon the Guardians from Mega Man Zero. Okay. So she figures out the raiders have parts to fix the train and plans on stealing it from them. But once she arrives at their camps, she finds out that one of the Mega Men have rigged it to blow up. So she decides, you know what? I'm a hero. I'm going to save them. So she ends up uh, disabling the bomb and she fights Atlas. And she defeats him. And she finds out, oh, well, actually, Atlas is lady. She, he defeats her. And she discovers something called the Game of Destiny. Because every time she defeats one of these Mega Men, it unlocks a cipher that reveals more about what's going on in the game world. So yeah, it's, it's a weird conceit, but it's what they go with. Okay. So the Game of Destiny is a scenario where all the Mega Men have to fight and defeat each other until one is left. And I put in, put in my notes, not unlike the Highlander. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, to told you we're going to come back to this. Yeah. So the one that is left, and I, I am not kidding when I say they refer to it as this. This is not something I made up. The one that is left is the Mega Man King, so to speak, and it will be able to rule the world using Model W. What? <laughs> You're gonna become the Mega Man King. And rule <laughs> the world using. What does that mean? Well, Model W can control other Reploids, and since humans are also sort of Reploids now, that means you'll become powerful enough you can use Model W to control everything and remake the world as you see fit. This might be the most absurd it's ever been. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets Actually remake the world stakes. Yep. We are there now. We've finally reached that point. And honestly... Just, just straight up new advent. Incredible restraint on their part that it took them, at this point, uh, 16, 20, 22 games? Not counting spin-offs and, like, Game Boy games and whatnot? Yeah. Incredible yeah. restraint. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you could argue that the, yeah, creating 22 games to get to this point is a sign of zero restraint, but, you know... You know. Silver linings and dark clouds and whatnot. So she manages to defeat Atlas, right? And she discovers the power Model A possesses. 
it can transform into other forms using the A-Trans system. It's, oh, God. Yeah, because it's based upon Axel. And so this is how they kind of get the conceit of you still being able to transform into different forms. And you can also, like, transform to the pseudoroids you find in the game, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a, another... And it creates great gameplay mechanic idea. Mm-hmm. Plot implications bad. They're pulling way too many things at this point. Mm-hmm. They really like they're are. they're folding in way too many things that were nonsense when they were introduced in isolation, mm-hmm. and now they're trying to make all those pieces of non t- nonsense like work in the context of each other. Yep. Yeah, totally. And this game is like lousy. The ZX series itself is lousy of references to like previous Mega Man games, and right. it only gets worse when we meet the Sage Triumvirate once. Um, Uh, ash gets to legion headquarters so these are three men of great importance and intelligence and their names are master thomas master mikhail and master albert would you like to guess which one of them is evil gee could it it be the one who shares a namesake with the guy who's been the crux of all the evil ever apparently (laughs) Would you also guess that's the same person who made Model W? Wow. Okay, wait. Is Model W the same as the W core? No. The d- oh, Model W is the biometal. Yeah, Model W is the biometal. The W core is the core of Ragnarok that merges with um, uh, Dr. Vile. Okay. Yeah. And the W core makes Reploids go insane. Yes. And Serpent was going to use Model W to unlock the W core. Mm -hmm. But Model W can also control all the Reploids in the world. Yes. Once you find out how Model W goes about this, it's rather silly. Oh, really? (laughs) Then it gets silly. (laughs) You don't say, right? (laughs) So... So since Puddles W's influence is behind the Maverick tax and other nonsense, Ash goes to confront him, him being Master Albert. Right. And so Master Albert effortlessly blocks all of her attacks with different fragments of Model W, and then just sorts, sort of hops out the window of the giant tower they're in. Oh. So Master Thomas is upset about all this, and he decides to task Ash with going and stopping Albert and putting an end to rising Maverick attacks across the globe. Wait. So Albert had Model W at this point? Yes. Or at least fragments okay. of it. Right. Mm-hmm. What happened to Model W after Serpent was defeated? So it was presumably in the same building, uh, Serpent HQ, and right. was like blown up alongside it in the W core. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. And then Albert had fragments of it possibly recovered from the Serpent HQ wreckage? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she proceeds to go and uh, agree to like help out Master Thomas because she's determined to win the game of Destiny so she can become strong enough to end all the Maverick attacks. Sure. Wait, does that mean that Master Albert is a Mega Man? Um, hmm. Sort of. I'll explain how in a sec. Okay. So she managed to defeat a few other Mega Men during her travels, learning about the other... Mega Man that were from before, like Serpent and Vent and Giro and whatnot. 
uh, as she unlocks more and more ciphers. Uh, mm-hmm. She actually runs into Vent himself while searching for Model W. Like, they end up, like, discovering, like, a giant version of it, like, just kind of hanging out. And both of them want to take, like, take the model for themselves. So a fight breaks mm-hmm. out. They fight to a standstill, and during that time, the last bit of information is decoded, and they learn the true nature of Albert's plan. Mm-hmm. Whew. It turns out there's a ton of Model Ws all around, absorbing the fear and anger of all the humans. Okay? Sure. Okay. Once all these are combined, they, cre- they will create the ultimate biometal, Ouroboros, a giant structure containing incredible power and the ability to control all life itself. So, okay. Vent is disabled for a moment at this point, just long enough for the Model W to, they found to attack. Ash attempts to fight it off. Initially, it's unsuccessful, but it buys enough time for Vent to recover, and he destroys it. And this is where we learn what Vent's goal is. He just wants to find and destroy all Model W fragments. He's just like, these, these are bad things. And so yeah. Ash is like, oh, oh, okay, cool. So they're friends. They're like, oh, yeah, cool. All right, yeah, let's team up. So eventually, Ash learns where Albert is hiding, which is sadly not a skull fortress, but it really should be. It should be. Uh, it's in like some sort of like tower or something like that, if I remember correctly. Uh, she conf- okay. she confronts Albert inside of it and finds him surrounded by bottled W fragments. So before she could do anything, Prometheus and Pandora show up and just murder the hell out of him. Cool. So they reveal what their goal is. Their goal is to murder everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Simple goal. I honestly appreciate it at this point. Yeah. So it turns out Albert had them in, like, he basically, like, either created or kidnapped them and basically subjected them to torture to bend them to his will. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, this wasn't enough. So instead, he embedded Model W fragments into them, which did bring them underneath his control, but also made them crazy, which is why they want to murder everything. Yeah. All right. So... They immediately turn to, like, fight Ash, and she, like, manages to convince him to stop fighting by shooting him a bunch. Uh Uh-huh. As one does. And she's about to destroy the Model W fragments. Like, they're, like, not sure if they want to let her do that, but, you know, they're, like, because they want to sort of be good, but not really. And all of a sudden, the Model W fragments absorb all the hate from the twins and power up. And then a mysterious replica shows up and reveals himself as the true Albert's. The one that died was a fake. Okay, sure. <laughs> and he's a replay, so that when you murder him at the end of the game, it's not it's, you're not killing a person. It's fine. Yeah, you're just killing a robot. Yeah, Sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the Model Ws now have enough hate to transform into Orboros, which rises into the sky. Albert then boards it and begins to enact his plan to control everything. So Ash is a bit despondent about this, but Vent shows up and reveals that as part of the Guardians. He has an airship, so it's fine. They can reach it. <laughs> okay, sure. So they, they storm the structure, and Ash manages to confront Albert. Albert tells her she anticipated this, and reveals his no really seriously true plan. So, All right. you asked me if Albert was a Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out all the Mega Man exist because of Albert, because Albert planted his DNA in all of them including Ash, who is a direct descendant of Albert. Okay. This is why also I think Ash's story is a little bit better, because I think with um, Gray, since he's a replay, it's like, no, nah, I put my DNA into your DNA, soul, and there you go. Right. Whereas Ash is like, yeah, you're like, I guess a granddaughter or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, he reveals that Model A is the successor to Model W as well. Should Albert and Model W ever die, Model A is supposed to take over its role. So Albert then mega merges with Model W and is soundly defeated by Ash, which causes the Orbos to shake apart, knocking Ash out. Uh, thankfully for her, Vent comes along and rescues her at the last moment, but then like the rest of the Mega Man show up to like fight him, and Model Z is like, hey, I'm going to separate from you, I'm going to hold him off, you make your escape. And so they all escape, Orbos so, like falls to the ground, and it's unknown if Model Z survives. So you asked me a question about how many times Zero dies in this. Uh-huh. So if you believe the implication that Model Z is the soul of Zero. Right. This means that Zero dies in Mega Man X, so that's one. Mm -hmm. Zero dies in Mega Man X5, which is two. Zero kind of sort of dies sort of in Mega Man Zero when Omega is destroyed. Mm -hmm. Then he for real dies at the end of Mega Man Zero 4. Right. This would make this number five. Yep. All right. So I don't blame you for going with seven. That's pretty good. Yep. Fortunately. So it was less than I expected, but. Yeah. Still quite a bit. Quite a bit of times. Okay. Also, when you say so, mega, or when you say Model Z, mm-hmm. like what is that? Is that a Mega Man using Model Z? Oh, yeah. I really should have like put up a picture of it. So, like, the models are like, they're almost like emblems of sorts. Okay. They're like, weird boxes that can just kind of float around. They usually sort of have like a face on them. Right. Yeah. So it's just straight up a shard of metal is holding the line at this point. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Got it. So after this, Vent and Ash part ways, able to go back to lives knowing that Model W is totally gone for good this time. However, in a post-credit stinger, Master Thomas tells Mikhail... That he doesn't believe Albert was wrong. He just went about in the wrong way. Mikael is like really taken aback by this. But Thomas reveals he has the original Reploid data from back before they became mortal. And he plans on making use of that. And then the Mega Man show up and stand next to Thomas. And Thomas tells Mikael that the world needs to be reset. Unfortunately, we'll never know what happened next. As ZX Avon did not sell well at all. After six months on the market in Japan, it's only sold around 64,000 copies. Damn. If VG charts, and that's VG VG charts with a Z on the end, uh, Mm -hmm. is to be bullied, which uh, not really, it can be kind of inaccurate at times. It only sold about 330,000 copies in total. Given this last game came out in 2007, it's not looking good for the continuation of the story of Ash, Vent, and the rest. And with that... That should be the end of the Mega Man series. You know, we're right at the end. We're about as far Mm -hmm. forward as we could possibly go. And originally I was going to have a bit where I was going to drop a bunch of papers and go, oh no, we have to talk about more. But I've already told you that Mega Man Legends exists. Yep. And it turns out it's about time that we talk about that. It's time that we go back to the year 1997 and talk about something that is somehow, some way, tied to the Mega Man storyline. Uh, I, I I make this side because the it, this shouldn't be tied to it at all. <laughs> Alex, have you ever played any of the Mega Man Legends games or are familiar with them at all? Okay, so 
Was the game on the N64 one of the Mega Man Legends games? Yes, it is. Okay, I played that one a little bit. Ah, that's a an amazing port for many reasons. Because uh, Mega Man Legends is a game with a bunch of like voice acting in it, and mm-hmm. the reason that even exists on the N64 cartridge is because I believe Angel Studios was behind it. They mm-hmm. found a way to really compress data down very, very well. And they were able to yeah. port Resident Evil 2 and that game to it more or less fully mm. intact. Right, right. Like, it's very, very impressive port. Yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely love the Mega Man Legends series. I think it's some of the best games they've put out. Mm. Uh, it's an incredibly charming series. Uh, it consists of three mainline games and there's a bunch of like phone spinoffs, including a golf game mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm. And we're only going to be talking about two of them because one of the games is a weird prequel. That doesn't mm-hmm. really have too much relevance. But they are they're games that are both ambitious and not um cheaply made, but also somehow not. And right. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the uh, development of it, and maybe you can kind of get a better idea of what I mean. So Mega Man Legends was released for the PlayStation in December of 1997. Uh, it has the distinction of being the first fully 3D Mega Man game. And according to Kenji Inafune, it's his favorite Mega Man title. Hmm. This, I can't believe that. Yeah, and this seems to be true because despite being a series that did not sell well at all, references to Mega Man Legends show up everywhere in other Capcom properties, whether it's fighting games or collecting items in other games such as Dead Rising. Uh, right. Fun fact about um, one of the characters in the game, the Servbot, which uh, I think I have a photo of the Servbots loaded up here. You probably are familiar with it, but... Oh, yes. Yeah, the little Lego man-looking guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, if you are a um, a designer, like a graphics designer who joins Capcom, one of the tests they give you is to do a 3D model of the Surfbot, hmm. which apparently is deceptively hard to do to get the proportions right. Apparently, it's very, very difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah, and there's like a giant Surfbot statue, if I remember correctly, in Capcom headquarters, or there was at one point. So it, Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a much beloved series, despite the fact it, it never really did well. Mm-hmm. So the development history is a bit brief on this, but in short, Sony wanted Capcom to make a 3D Mega Man game, and they put quite a bit of pressure on them to do so. And given that Capcom wanted to make 2D games for the system, they obliged and began the work on Legends. So I get mixed messages from some of the interviews as to how much faith Capcom put into this game. I, I get some that say that uh, Capcom didn't believe in this game at all, and others like, no, they actually really did. But mm-hmm. the general feeling I get is that it was very little. And this mostly consists of the fact that the team was mostly comprised of newer staff members, a lot of them with very little familiarity working in a 3D environment. According to a staff interview given to one of the official PlayStation magazines, I don't know which one, I didn't have enough time to kind of go back and parse it out, because unfortunately mm-hmm. the website that I got it from uh, that had the scans and everything in the translation did not bother to say which one you jerks <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it, the veracity lines up with other research i've done into this so I, I i do believe this is true it was noted that only one member had ever worked on a 3d game before this having worked on resident evil mm. now kenji inofune has given interviews himself at tgs um uh, in the late 2000s, where he noted that he felt Capcom didn't put the marketing necessary to allow the games to succeed. Now, this is something I'm not entirely certain, I believe, because 
this game actually had commercials released in the United States. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, X4 and Mega Man 8 didn't. Like, it, it's clear that they made at least some level of push for this. And whether that's mm-hmm. like Sony mandating it or something else, I, it's hard to say, but I, I don't quite believe that too much. But what I can say is that upon this release, the game was kind of savaged for its low-quality graphics in comparison to other games and a relatively cheap feel. It also controls terribly, being a 3D game that had most of its development done before the dual analog controller was released. Right. But at the same time, while reviewers did note that the game looked very simple, the art style and the smart use of textures have allowed the game to age incredibly well compared to other 3D tiles at the time. The way they use textures is incredibly smart. Like, the characters are very, very expressive. And so, like, their mouth movements and whatnot are usually will use uh, transparencies embedded with the textures to like give like a greater feeling of depth and whatnot like if i have like kind of like a profile view like they open their mouth like you'll see back to like the sky but it's because of the texture they use so they could cut down the polygons used right right and i can general like while they use like very simple textures for like the ground and whatnot they're done in like in ways that really accentuate like the general art style and so it just it looks a lot better than you would expect it to Mm mm-hmm this is also a game that, and this is exceedingly rare for the time, especially for Capcom, has professional voice actors. Right. Which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Like, Capcom is well known for not bothering with that, or having, like, their Japanese voice actors just put do, like, English voices. Oh, yeah. Such as in Mega Man Oof. 8. Mm. And so, yeah, all of this makes it... All this makes it a game that has like a very charming presentation. And it helps that like the game takes place on like a singular island where you get to meet the citizens and see how they evolve as like events in the game happen mm-hmm. in like a very Zelda-like way. So you, you just kind of connect with them. And so because of that, it this makes a game that's incredibly charming in my opinion and still holds up to some extent today if you can get past the controls. Right. It's certainly a fan favorite among the community, which we'll touch on later. So Let's let's talk a little bit about the story. So, Legends takes place thousands of years in the future. Mm. Don't know how many thousands, but thousands. I've heard some numbers like like the year eight thousand, but I couldn't really verify that. Uh, the point is, the world is now covered by endless oceans. It's now water world, and okay. only small islands here and there exist where humans live on. Humans now are basically biomechanical as a rule. And sometimes they're like fully biomechanical. Sometimes they just have like a robot arm. And the game mm-hmm. itself has a pretty big steampunk sort of atmosphere to it. Now, in order to survive, humans rely on ancient technology. Specifically, they require crystals known as refractors to provide power. In order to get these refractors, people known as diggers raid these dangerous ancient ruins that are all around in order to recover these refractors. The ruins are dangerous because they are protected by reaver bots. Okay, well, reaver bots basically have like, they look like stitched up dolls in a way. Uh, Usually very geometric and like they usually have like a one single red eye that's kind of expressive. Mm. Very, very distinct looking enemies. Mm -hmm. So one such team of diggers consists of the Casket family, led by legendary digger Barrel Casket, and consisting of the mechanical genius that is that is his granddaughter, Roll Casket, and her adopted brother, Mega Man Volnut. <laughs> Why? 
he is named Mega Man because when he was found as a baby in a, in just an ancient ruin somewhere, Pearl decided to name him after her favorite superhero at the time, and no one objected for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in in the Japanese version, it's Beryl who decides to name him something dumb. He's the one who's like, I'm going to call him Rockman. Sure, I feel like you could have just gone with Rock Casket. Right? Yeah, it's also weird that he's his own separate last name, but... Yeah, where did Volnut come from? No idea. So they also have a fun robot monkey as well, named Data, who exists to to save your data and give you advice. Cool. Yeah, he's cool. I like him. He is, so... Now, Roll does have parents, but they went missing searching for a legendary treasure known as the Motherlode, a treasure so fantastic that would basically solve all problems forever if it was found. All right. So Mega Man and Roll managed to recover a fracture from like some ruins in the ocean when, unfortunately, their airship called the Flutter ends up breaking down and they have to crash land on Catalog's Island. This is convenient because Catalog's is a place rumored to have the Motherlode, but its ruins have been sealed for a long time because of how dangerous they are. It's rumored that if the ruins are ever unsealed, a disaster will occur that will destroy the island. So Mega Man and Roll go to a nearby town to hopefully get parts to repair the flutter when they happen to meet Amelia, the mayor of the town. Turns out she's a former student of Beryl's and is happy to help out. However, there's a bit of problem. There's rumors that sky pirates are about to attack the town, looking for the motherlode. So Mega Man actually does end up running to a suspicious girl around her age that's talking to a bunch of little Lego men, telling them to scout around the town and find information. And like she like tells Mega Man to go away and she's like very rude about it. But then she gets like attacked mm-hmm. by a dog and like has to like hang on to a lamppost and whatnot, and like Mega Man shoots <laughs> the dog away. And she's like, Oh my god, you're so heroic, and she like like gets like googly eyes at him, but then me is like, Oh, I hate you, you're so annoying, why are you interrupting things? She's, <laughs> she's a, a very anime uh, stereotype, a uh, sundry sort of character. And um, her name is Tron Bon. Ah, uh, yes. And she may be my favorite Mega Man character. She's a pretty good one. She's a pretty good one. Uh, Tron is a woman wearing like kind of like a pink, uh, pink dress uh, that's kind of like pretty short. Uh, it has like a skull motif on her and like has hair like a boomerang. It is hard to describe yeah. her hair. It's aggressive. She really loves her little children that she calls the serve bots. Uh, they're little robots that she built who are basically incompetent, but they're so charming. <laughs> she also gets angry at a drop of hat, and she's also a mechanical genius, as it turns out. So she is a member of the Bond family, a very successful group of pirates who are also looking for the mother load. And she's just, throughout the game, she's very confused about her feelings towards Mega Man. So, Mega Man, naturally confused about everything that just happened, heads back to help uh, roll with the Flutter, and um, all of a sudden the pirates attack the city. Roll realizes Beryl's still there, so Mega Man goes to stop them. He ends up fighting uh, Tron, who's piloting a big octopus robot, as well as her brother Bon Bon, who's a giant robot baby. (laughs) He's great. I love Bon Bon. He just says Babu a lot. So... He manages to beat both of them, and as a reward, Amelia allows Mega Man to explore the sealed ruins on the island in order to find the parts he needs, and hopefully get whatever treasure is there before the Bonds can. So, however, in the meantime, Tron's older brother Teasel, the most over-the-top villain in the game, and 
competes with Wily for like most over the top in the series. Uh, he's like on the, his ship, the Gessel Shaft, and he realizes he wants to get into the main gate. They'll need to open the doors for one of the subgates that are around town. So first he tries like digging his way down, but he's foiled by Mega Man, who shows up and blows up his digging robot. So Teasel is like a mostly mechanical man with like who basically like makes like he's very very loud and animated and he has like a giant tuft of like gray hair coming out like red eyes like he's he's really cool i really like teasel yeah it's a good design it's good design so um so yeah like basically the game consists of like mega man and roll going to these various uh ruins like usually they'll be attacked by the bonds and they'll fight their way out and, like, during all this time, Mega Man keeps running to, like, ancient script that's, like, written on the control panels, and he's, like, able to recognize and read it. And he's like, why can't I read this? This makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Eventually, though, they manage to open up the main gate, and, like, they realize, okay, we need to go to the subsidies there to get the keys, and we get access to Motherload. Because, like, he opens up the main gate, opens up these subsidies, and Mega Man's about to explore them when he's attacked by the bonds one last time. They decide, okay, main gate's open. We don't need him anymore. We'll just blow the flutter out of the sky with the Gessel shaft because they've repaired the flutter by this point. Mm-hmm. And despite being what should be a one-sided fight, Mega Man and Roll manage to shoot down the ship, presumably killing the Bonds. Me- Roll and Mega Man are pretty devastated by this because they really didn't want to kill them. Right. But the good news is they did manage to escape. As Mega Man is exploring the subsidies, he manages to run into Tron. She's taken aback by Mega Man, especially after he's, like, incredibly happy. He's like, oh, man, you're alive, and takes her hand, like, shakes it, and she's, like, freaking out because a boy's stretching her hand, and, like, like, go away. How are you here? (laughs) We have a giant robot. We're going to fight you. And, like, the surfboard's like, oh, Miss Tron's really happy. It's great. It's like, aw. And so, like, they end up fighting, and, like, Mega Man destroys, like, the giant robot they built, and, you know, Teasel, Bon, and, uh, and Tron are all standing there, and, like, Huh. Teasel just like smiles, is like, what's your name, kid? It's like Mega Man's like, you know, Mega Man, I've been a very successful pirate, but I haven't run anybody like you. You're pretty awesome. I know when to quit. I don't think we can beat you. We're just gonna go ahead and walk on off. Take care, you get that mother load. Maybe we'll see you around. And they just sort of walk off. Huh. And like Tron's really sad. She's like, oh I'm never gonna see Mega Man again. This sucks. And Teasel's like, hey, listen, we're just going to just wait until he gets the mother and just steal from him. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like yeah. super excited about it. So Mega Man fights his way into the main gate after getting all the keys and manages to activate it. So, and like the subsidies are like old, like appear to be like old human settlements and whatnot, like with like weird sky like ceilings and whatnot. Like they're really mysterious. Mm-hmm. But as he gets to the center, he finds uh, of the main gate. He finds that the motherload isn't there, but rather a floating purple-haired man who addresses himself as Mega Man Juno, and he's really weird because he's basically like a torso attached to like a bell with floating arms. Yeah. All right. He identifies Mega Man Volnut as Mega Man Trigger, a purifier unit. He asks why he would activate Juno, a bureaucratic unit. But then goes, oh, it must be because it's time to purge all the carbons on island. Cool, let's get to it. What? Yeah, Mega Man expresses confusion at this. And so Juno's like, oh, 
Oh, you must be damaged and must not remember what you're... What's going on? Oh, okay, let me explain. So when when the carbons become like too numerous on the island, I'm activated by a purifier unit such as yourself, so then we can activate the carbon reinitialization program and destroy them so they don't overpopulate and use up too much resources. And like Mega Man's like, you can't do that, that's awful. And it's like, oh yeah, wow, you really are damaged. Well that's okay. Just I'm gonna just electroshock shock you in this force field, and um, we're gonna get a copy of your program back from Mother, the, our main base, and uh, we'll just make sure to get you repaired. Don't worry, buddy, you'll be fine. Gonna go kill all the the carbons now, and leaves. Okay. So, luckily for Mega Man, the bonds have been following them, and they managed to free them mostly by kicking things. Sure. And so. You know, Mega Man thinks him, and like Tron's like, "Hey, listen, it's not over. You need to come back safe, okay?" And Mega Man's like, "No worries," and chases off against Juno. So Mega Man confronts Juno, but he's already activated Eden, which is this floating space station that sends down like a monolith-like structure that just floats over the city. And Juno's like, "Well, maybe if you can destroy me, you'll be able to stop it, but probably not." Anyways, it's time to murder you. <laughs> Uh, Juno is unsuccessful, though, because he's just a bureaucratic model. Right. And while he's dying, he notices that, well, it's too late anyways. Uh, it's already in position, so there's no way you can stop it. Also, even if you destroy me, I have a backup in Eden. He'll just send it. He'll just give me a new body, and he'll give me my backup program, and it'll be fine. And so Mega Man is very despondent about this. He has no idea what to do, and he asks himself, what should I do? Alex? You like to guess what happens? Uh, does you know what? At this point, I'm sure it'll be obvious in retrospect. But I've there's been too much. I can't even know which to which thread to pull on anymore. You know, I kind of don't blame you on that. So does he just go to Eden and blow it up? Well, not quite. So. I am going to send you a link, and I'm going to have you go to a certain a certain timestamp. Let me just make sure I get this right. You need to go to like no, uh, timestamp nine ten on this. Okay. Here, I'll send it to you in Discord. Okay, I'm opening it. I'm going to nine ten. Mm hmm. Oh. <laughs> the O says it all. Um, yeah. So, if I'm understanding this correctly, a monkey appears <laughs> and gives Mega Man Trigger total control over the purification process. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, deletes Judo's backup. Cool. Yeah, so that monkey's data. He's the monkey who literally only exists to save your game. Oh. So, data was actually Eden's primary administrator? Not quite. Or something? So, he happens... Okay, so, 
I guess I should start from the top. So let, let me explain okay. for the people at home what happened. So uh, Mega Man's like, what should I do? And then he hears a voice behind him that's high-pitched, and he realizes it's Data. And Data's like doing interrupt commands and doing all sorts of other stuff. And he commands the structure to give power to Mega Man Trigger because Mega Man Juno is malfunctioning and to also further delete Mega Man Juno's backup. Thus, giving Mega Man Trigger the ability to cancel the carbon reinitialization program. Mega Man is confused as hell about this. And Data goes, hey, no, you see, what happened is I am your personal backup storage. You put your memories in me after you ended up getting into a fight or something. And because of that, I know exactly everything that's going on. And in the most Capcom and insulting thing I have ever experienced in my <laughs> life. And I was 11 at the time when I played this game. And even I knew this was too much. Data says, I can't tell you anything yet. But soon, I'll tell you everything. Who you are, your purpose, and your mission. Wow. I hate it. Yeah, that's... That's not just a sequel hook, that's a sequel harpoon. Yep. Straight to your gut. And it's gonna drag you down to the watery depths of Mega Man Hell. Oh boy. Yeah, and so, like, Mega Man just, like, takes this at face value, and then they just sort of leave, and, like, they say goodbye to everybody on the island and fly away to new adventures. And the Bonds, like, they manage to find, like, a giant refractor in there, and they, like, slowly sail away with it to, you know, spend on riches and whatnot, mm -hmm. so they make out well as well. And that's, that is Mega Man Legends. It's a game that I really, really love, and then you get to the ending. Yeah, it's really good. It's really great. It's just a fun, innocent, enjoyable anime adventure mm -hmm. in like a post-apocalyptic cyberpunk fantasy. Then there's pirates, there's sky pirates, and there's airships, and there's hidden treasure. And it's just a fun anime adventure. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, a monkey robot goes, hey, we're going to do a Capcom now. Yep. And yep. we're going to ruin this. Prepare to watch it be ruined. Hi, did you know I'm a deus ex machina? I literally only exist to save your game and give you advice about what to do next. There's actually a really fun thing, like, right before the final battle, like, he's, like, just standing outside the door so you can save your game. And one mm. of the questions you can ask is, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> and Data's like, oh, don't worry, you're just Mega Man, it's fine. And then all the nonsense happens afterwards, and it's like, you lying ass monkey. You lied. You lied. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't tell you at this moment how we're going to drive this into the ground. But don't worry, we will. Oh, yes, we will. And that leads us to Mega Man Legends 2. Another game that is very good, and for the most part, I like what's going on in it. Also, actually has mm -hmm. surprisingly modern controls, because you can now have mm. dual-stick controls and whatnot. Right. Uh, so, 
Taking place one year after Mega Man Legends, we see that Barrel Casket has moved up in society. Working alongside okay. his old friend, the rich and famous Werner Von Blucher, they are about to use his new ship, the Sulphur Bottom, to land on the Forbidden Island and discover the Motherlode. So, apparently this is not the first time they or anyone else has attempted this. 30 years ago, Beryl and Blucher crash-landed on the island and were saved by a mysterious pigtail girl. And it also turns out this is the island where Roll's parents went before they mysteriously disappeared 10 years ago. Okay. It's really great, because you can discover a letter from, like, Roll's mom to Beryl, where she's like, Hey, we're gonna drop off the kid at the aunt's, and we're gonna go, uh, go explore this forbidden island. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> P.S. If we die, take care of our daughter. Anyways, yeah. can't wait to tell you about it. It's like, you, you are awful parents. A uh, little bit, yeah, but okay. So, speaking of Roll, she's now incredibly despondent that somebody's gonna discover the mother load before her. Like, she's, like, in pajamas, and, like, Mega Man makes food for her, and she's, like, pokes <laughs> at it with a, with a fork. It's really good. It's a really good scene. As she watches the news, though, she sees a reporter address Blucher. First, she asks him a few rote questions before telling them that if they go down there, they may trigger a horrible disaster. And Blucher's just, like, tells his guards, like, eh, I should go and, uh, go and get this girl. So she immediately starts acting very suspicious, but not before Beryl recognizes her as Matilda, his daughter and Roll's mother. So the guards try to arrest her, but then like a giant reaver bot shows up that's flying and like blows a hole in the window and she jumps out. She's like, I'm warning you and like flies off and but not before attacking the sulfur bottom, hoping to like make it turn back without casualties, but instead accidentally shoots it down and causes it to fall to the into like the island's maelstrom with Lucher, Beryl. And also the Bonds who are there pretending to be reporters. So this shakes Roll out of her malaise and Mega Man convinces her to go to the Forbidden Island. Because she's like, oh wait, that, that woman looks like my mom. It's like, yeah, we should go. And thankfully for them, Roll's dad drew up schematics for a special dropship that can land on the island. So they go to, a, they go to make a stop at a snowy island called Calcina to gather parts so they can like, make this dropship. And they run into a man named Joe. A mysterious man with who like amnesia and adopted family who just happens to have the same schematics that Roll's dad had, and he's even built a dropship as well because he just felt compelled to build it. He also wandered in town ten years ago. Am I laying this on thick or? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The game is just straight up like this is Roll's dad. Yeah, it's it's Roll's dad, <laughs> but like Roll's like. Rolls a mechanical genius, but, you know, she's... Yeah, she's not one for intuition. No, she's like, maybe this man knows who my dad is. It's like, roll, honey. <laughs> so, so they like uh, end up, like, rescuing Joe from, like, these ruins, and he agrees to, like, let them use the dropship. And so it's like, great. And, like, Roll asks him if he knows, like, anybody named Casket, and he's like, I just can't remember. I'm sorry. She's like, well, that's okay. So Mega Man safely lands on a forbidden island and proceeds to like a central structure that contains like a giant floating diamond. Yeah, he beats a giant Reaverbot that's there and it causes the diamond to break apart and reveal a naked young woman named Sarah. Uh, spelled S-E-R-A. Put a little photo up there. Uh, Sarah is a tanned woman uh, with like a white, well, will eventually be a white dress. Right now she's completely naked. Mm -hmm. And like a bowl cut that hair that's like teal 
very blank expression on her face. And she has like a very like flat effect when she speaks as well. Mm. So she's like talked to another person named Geats and she's like, hmm, yeah, things seem real bad around here. And they like sort of ignore Mega Man. Like they notice like the maelstrom now like has dissipated, like letting him go come mm. and go as they please. And like on a nearby hill, Matilda, who's now being referred to as Yuna, notes with sadness that the Carmens have really messed up letting her go. And they decide to observe the situation. Wait, what? Yeah, Matilda's like, this is bad news that this person is now free. Okay. <laughs> but she refers to them as the Carbons? Oh, yeah, like, the, just like the general people around. She still refers to, like, yeah, the Carbons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, she's also referred to as, like, Yuna as well. So you know that something weird mm-hmm. is going on here. And, like, you, you do find, like, a, like, weird disabled body that's, like, that appears to match the description of the pigtail girl that saved Beryl and Bleacher all the years back. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of make some inference that maybe that's her or something like that. So back on the now freed from the maelstrom sulfur bottom, Sarah and Geats talk with Bleacher, who tells them they're ancients who just want to live quiet lives. And as thanks for getting them off the island... They will help them find the four keys to the motherload, which is a treasure of ancient technology that will solve all their woes. Bleacher seems excited about this and tasks Mega Man with tracking down these keys. So Mega Man proceeds to do that. He goes to four different islands and along the way, though, he has to fight off a team of air pirates consisting of the pretty boy Glide, who has his own like set of robots called Birdbots, Bola and Claymore, two older pirates who are kind of just over things. And are just in, in mm. it for the fun of it. And of course, the Bonds, who are back to pirating after trying and failing to go legit. Because they like they open up like a department store, but it completely fails. So they're like, oh, right. gotta make yeah, end meets. Yeah. So Mega Man manages to beat all of them. Tron's love-hate relationship with him continues, and some really dumb anime stuff happens. Good. So by the end, Mega Man manages to get all four keys and returns them to Sarah. So after returning them to Sarah, she immediately orders Geats to attack the ship and take the keys. Geats then transforms into a flying Reaverbot and does so, giving them to Sarah and telling her to retreat to Elysium and that he'll attack Mega Man and get the master's genetic code from his shell. Matilda, now known, once again now known as Yuna, shows up and tries to stop them. She explains to Mega Man that they are planning on initiating the carbon reinitialization program, but now for the entire world. This confuses Mega Man, even though it really shouldn't, because he should know about, like, what that program is, but... Mm. Right. So we also find out this is indeed is Roll's mom, but after, like, Roll's mom ended up on um, Forbidden Island, she was going to die, and Sarah... Not Sarah, Yuna, like, healed her, but she started to run out of energy. So in order to let her body recover, she transferred her consciousness into Matilda's. She's like, I'm going to just borrow this body for a while while my body repairs. It's kind of like my my payment for saving your life. Okay, right, sure. So, uh, no explanation how Joe got off the island, by the way. He just, he just yeah, did. Yeah, sure, you know. So, so Mega Man's not able to stop Sarah from existing, but he does stop her flying Reaverbot body, um, flying Reaverbot buddy Geats. Although not before taking some serious damage and passing out. This is where we get to a kind of nuts flashback. So, Mega Man okay. dreams... He dreams of himself when he was still a purifier unit on Elysium, which is a giant space station 
where the original humans lived. Unfortunately, all but one of them died a long time ago, leaving the master. Which I'm gonna put yeah, put up a photo of the master. Look at this. Look at this blonde guy who surrounded by birds and wearing a robe. Just mm -hmm. that is a that is a man who's gonna that, yep. He's gonna tell you about his philosophy on life and how he started a new religion, and you should just give him some money and he'll be fine. Yeah, that's. Uh, oh boy yeah he's like my dad earns so much money i don't have to do anything with my life <laughs> so so he is the last remaining human he lives in perfect bliss on elysium and he's he's immortal so he was served by the system to keep him in perfect comfort and to maintain the system for humanity's return to the surface so you see, they created near-perfect clones called Carbons to live on the ground, and it's never really explained why they do this, but I presume to make it habitable, with the plan one day to eliminate them and then repopulate the planet with humans in their place. Because there's a bunch of human genetic codes that are stored in Elysium, and the idea is they'll, due to carbon reinitialization program, bring those out of storage, create more humans, put them on the planet. Okay. So... However, the Master was a kind man, and he was close friends with Mega Man Trigger, who was like the one person who understood him. One day, they went down to the surface to see how the Carbons lived. Upon seeing the happiness they experienced, despite disease, suffering, and death, he decided the system... Wait. Go ahead. Sorry, what are the Carbons? The Carbons are not quite human. They're human-like. Okay, where'd they come from? So the Master created the Carbons... Uh, to repopulate the planet, but he like modified them in weird ways, so they're they're not human, but they're just very, they're okay. very close to it. But okay, why did he create them? So it's never really explained. But my pet theory is that they were there to like help make the planet more habitable, so that when the humans okay. came to replace them, they had structures to live in and do things. I, okay. So. Yeah, one day to go down to the surface to see how they lived and, you know, saw that, hey, they're still happy despite that we're all always dying. And he decides right. the system cannot remain in place. He tasked Trigger with going back to Elysium, deleting humanity's genetic code from the database, and shutting down the system. To make sure no one will stop him, he gives Trigger a copy of his genetic code so no one will risk blowing him up. He then immediately dies and fades away. What? Yeah, because he, he, the second he leaves Elysium, he like basically just triggers a clock on him. <laughs> and he just dies. And with that, humanity is now extinct. Uh. So, Mega Man, it starts out with a fun scientist named, he's like Santa Claus, he makes a cool robot, and they fight this man in a skull fortress, and everything is great. 8,000 years later, humanity's extinct. Okay, so does Trigger go to blow up the human genome? <laughs> yep. So Trigger goes back and somewhat succeeds in stopping the system. While he's not able to accomplish everything, he's able to convince Yuna to abandon the system. And after Trigger fights a battle with Sarah, they manage to trap her on Forbidden Island. Since so you need both women women have like a set of keys, and you need both of those mm -hmm. keys to do the reinitialization program. So 
Sarah's keys are spread all around the planet. And, you know, what happens, though, is that Trigger is so heavily damaged, he needs to be reset. So he downloads his memory into data, resets himself on Earth, and that turns him to a baby. And that's... What? Yep. <laughs> and that's how Mega Man Volnut is born. Okay, wait. How is Juno able to activate the initialization? So there are... There are models that are... I basically, I think what happens when the reinitialization program happens, it sends a signal down to everybody to be like, okay, activate and do your thing. And so, like, Juno is, mm -hmm. like, one of those models that is supposed to do that. And then, like, afterwards, they kind of oversee, like, either repopulating with more carbons if it's not time yet or how to resettle the humans is my understanding. Okay. Yeah, it's all rather confusing. The nature of what these beings are whether it's like advanced reploids or like the carbons in some way or what have you is very very unclear they do though exist to make sure humanity comes back right okay so mega man knows what he must do he's got to go to space unit takes him back to calcina island where there's like an ancient space shuttle like they use um yuna's like own Reaverbot friend whose name I'm too lazy to remember. Mm -hmm. And he's one who like helps power the space shuttle and gets him up there. Along the way, they do run to Joe again. And this is where it's revealed that he's regained his memories. And he indeed is Roll's dad. He has a photo for him the entire time. He does not tell Roll this. He just tells the player. Okay. The player in general. Sure. <laughs> it's sure. So Mega Man takes the shuttle up to Elysium, fights through the defenses, and finds Sarah, now in a rad battle armor. She tells him that she hasn't started up the extermination yet because she wanted to defeat Mega Man first. She believes that she does, it'll prove to her that the Master liked her more. It's really, it's really dumb. And all the results <laughs> is that Sarah gets her shit pushed in. <laughs> this successfully stops the, the program from starting. And Yuna, like, does feel bad for her sister who's currently dying. But good news is that she has her old body that she took with her and it's now repaired. So she puts Sarah's consciousness into Yuna's body. Okay. And Yuna just stays in Matilda's body. Which seems kind of messed up because I guess Roll doesn't get her mom back. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, bummer on that one. So it seems like this day is saved, but it isn't. With Sarah's defeat, the Elder Program is restarted. If they don't stop it, it'll be all for nothing as the humans will come back and carbons will be eliminated regardless. They don't explain exactly how this happens. Is some mention of like the carbon reinitialization program can still start up via an alternate means. Mm -hmm. But they have another problem anyways. They have no way of getting back home. Because it turns out uh, during the fight, uh, Yuna's Reaverbot friend dies. So they're sort of stuck. Mm. Now Data manages to escape, and he tells um tells Roll and uh, Tron, who both are now madly in love with uh with Mega Man. Sure. By the way, Mega Man's adopted sister is now in love with him. Yeah, sure. Anime, whatever. Yeah, right. I like how we've gotten like so crazy with this that that's that doesn't even register at this point. Yeah, that's yeah. I I assume that would happen at some point. You assumed correctly. So like they're arguing about like how they're gonna like make the like uh, uh the the rocket and whatnot like it blows up like a couple prototypes blow up and Data's like I know how to build this you should just listen to me and they like, just both <laughs> shout him down it's like you're an idiot Data 
You set the kitchen on fire at the start of the game. It, I didn't explain that part. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. They ask Data to make food, and he's bad at it. Okay, says, well, fair. And so Data just kind of like looks up to the sky, just asks Mega Man to just wait a little bit longer. Unfortunately, Mega Man's never going to get off that moon or mm. space station because, well, there has not been a Mega Man Legends 3. So I think it's time to kind of talk about the end of this and wrap this all up, Alex. Mm-hmm. After Mega Man ZX Advent came out in 2007 to low sales, this sort of spelled the end of the Mega Man series, although at first it didn't seem to be the case. Kenji Inafune by this time had become very important at Capcom. In 2006, he was promoted to senior corporate officer and eventually to head of R&D at Capcom. There, his influence only grew, and with that influence, he managed to get both Dead Rising and Street Fighter IV out the door, two lone bright spots in what was otherwise a pretty dismal era for Capcom. With that influence, he still advocated for additional Mega Man projects, and during that time, Mega Man 9, 9 and 10, Mega Man Star Force 2 and 3, Rockman EXE, Operation Shooting Star all came out. So, surprising amount of Mega Man games. Right. In 2010, he was promoted to Capcom's global head of production. During this time, he became very bold with some of his comments around Japanese developers, including Capcom. He noted at TGS 2009 that, personally, when I look around at all the different games on the TGS floor, I said... Man, Japan is over. We're done. Our game industry is finished. His move to head of production also came with comments about how we wanted to end comments that Capcom games made in Europe aren't really Capcom games. It was clear he wanted a greater focus on Western development, and he felt that was the future for Capcom in general. And like, it makes sense. Like, Dead Rising 2 was not developed by Capcom internal team. I think it was like Capcom right. Vancouver or something like that. Vancouver. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, he just kind of shifted towards this. And, like, this was around the time he was making comments like, yeah, they didn't put enough money into Mega Man Legends. And then, eh, you know. Yeah, and, like, the comments about Mega Man X6, like, came out around this time. Like, right. He, man was getting very bold in a way you rarely see from anybody who works in a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. So how did all that go for him? Well, in 2010, there were three active Mega Man projects in development. Mega Man Universe, a weird Mega Man maker sort of game that looked kind of bad. Mm-hmm. A Mega Man MMO for the Asian markets that also looked bad. Mm-hmm. And his own personal passion project, Mega Man Legends 3. <laughs> An ambitious title for the 3DS that would have had strong fan input and had quite a bit of buzz around it in the Mega Man fan community. It seemed like the future was still going to be endless Mega Man games. However, in October of 2010, Inafune suddenly stepped down from Capcom. He stated he wanted to start his life over and felt the game industry must change, and he felt job security had caused complacency. He immediately founded a company called Concept, a design and production studio that works with game companies to develop ideas for games, and in a bold move, a really bold move, (laughs) really bold, turned right around and offered to continue working on Mega Man Legends on a contract basis. And what was Capcom's response to that? Capcom declined this. <laughs> <laughs> and it really seems like the breakup was not done amicably like, at all. No. <laughs> so Purging might be a more accurate term for what happened. Might be. 
So it's not unknown for longtime developers to leave and form their own companies and then work with their old bosses. Like um, mm-hmm. uh, Sora Limited, for instance, is one yeah. one particular example uh, of a of a one man company existing basically just to work as a consultant. Um, mm-hmm. And like uh, that's happened with Square as well. Uh, no, not Nomura. Ah, oh, guy, was it Nojima? There we go. Mm. Uh, made his own company, but he still basically just works with Square. Like that's just how it works sometimes. Right. But the suddenness and just like the way just Inafune just rubbed Capcom the wrong way. It also cost them a lot of money. Yeah, kind of did that too. Yeah. It. It was just like something that like, we don't want to work with this guy. Yeah. It was also clear that without Inafune around, Capcom had no need for Mega Man. All three of those Mega Man projects would be canceled after Inafune left within one to two years. Mm-hmm. And rather suddenly in some cases, such as Mega Man Legends 3, which was canceled due to a, quote, lack of fan interest and engagement in the development process. <laughs> which reeks of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, basically solidifying that even with Unifune gone, uh, Capcom would not be ending their age-old policy of lie. Yep. Yep. Just lie. <laughs> it should be noted a Facebook group called 1000 Strong for Mega Man Legends was started, and within, like I think, six months or something like that, got 1,000 members. 100,000 members. Yeah. It didn't matter, though. Mega Man was going to be stuck on that moon forever. Mega Man CX would never get that third game. And Mega Man was just sort of dead as a series. Screw that noise, says Capcom. We have Resident Evil 6 to make. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do that. So we're just going to hop on that train and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Non-stop gravy from that Resident Evil 6 train. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mega Man is dead. Except somehow not. It turns out the future of Mega Man is shockingly bright. And to- yeah, yeah. In a way, I just did not expect. Not, not after Street Fighter Cross Tekken, starring Mega Man, the terrible English box art as Fat Guy. <laughs> that that really felt like just Capcom pissing on the grave. But it kind of did. I personally, my favorite thing was when the I think it was like the 25th anniversary came out, and everyone was like, "Size, like, what are they gonna oh, do?" Yeah. And they just basically took a fan game and just made it official. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release this fan game that someone made for us. It's really good. Yeah, because we didn't make it. Ah, uh, other than what Nintendo's doing with Metroid, I guess. But <laughs> shot across the bow. But um, yeah, you know, not undeserved. Not undeserved. But in 2018, the Mega Man Legacy Collection was released, and it sold over a million copies. This yeah. led Capcom to develop Mega Man 11, which also sold over a million copies. And it might actually be the best-selling Mega Man game now? I would have to recheck. It was very close last yeah. I checked. Other compilations, such as the Mega Man X Legacy Collection, also were million sellers. It was doing very well. A Mega Man X mobile game was created by Capcom Taiwan that is a surprisingly loving homage to the entire series in general. Hmm. And recently just got released in Japan and seems to be doing great. There's now a new Mega Man title in development, and although we don't know too much about it, and there are persistent rumors of a new Mega Man X, it seems Capcom is now thoroughly back on the Mega Man train, and while I don't expect the series story to get any crazier, I look forward to seeing how things go from here. And that is the story of Mega Man. 
Alex, how are you feeling? I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so, man. And I'm sh- yeah. Okay, so it's this really weird thing where it is, it's a bunch of isolated storylines that are all interconnected, but all run off the rails in their own unique ways. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, so Mega Man, just Mega Man, that's fine, whatever. It's a freaking Saturday morning cartoon show about a robot boy who sh- shoots other robots and defeats an evil mad scientist. Yeah. Like, that's going to do whatever the heck it does. Mm-hmm. And obviously trying to build too much off of that is just an innately stupid idea. Yep. So in a way, Mega Man X distancing itself from that and only referencing it vaguely is kind of smart. Yeah, it was a smart idea to do that. 100%. Um, boy, the Sigma virus is stupid. Yep. Boy, the Sigma virus makes less and less sense the more and more they do with it. Yep. And it just, it undermines the things that were good ideas about Mega Man X. And it's like vague philosophy on robot ethics. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's still some interesting character stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, Mega Man Zero, yeah, Zero One. That's an interesting follow-up in like the distant future. With in- exploring interesting what-ifs about Mega Man Zero, mm-hmm. or, or about Mega Man X, and like, you know, what what can, what logical extremes might this world have reached, and what would the fallout of them all be? And then, holy shit, that Dr. Vile crap is stupid. Yeah. Oh man, that goes off into nothing. Like, that just <laughs> needed a video game to exist. Yeah. Um... ZX is once again, like, an interesting follow-up on, like, what would this have led to and then what would the fallout have be? And then quickly accelerates to actually reset the world. Mm-hmm. Just reset the world through nonsense. Yeah. And, okay, I don't want to see ZX3. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I do either. I, I don't care what sage master thomas was planning i don't care it was probably stupid Uh, yeah it's probably going to be something that's going to vaguely allude to like some sort of linkage to like Mega Man legends but it won't go far enough to ever be satisfying and right yeah it's going to be it's going to be like every other ending to the Mega Man series like yeah yeah like the one thing i can think of that I, I think is the main failing of Mega Man, is it never mm-hmm. sticks the landing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is because they always want to leave their cards on the table in case they want to make more. Right. It's it's what makes... Sh- oh, go ahead. Just, I don't understand why they don't want to just make new storylines. Like, I don't understand that, well, we might need to link this back in some way. No, just finish the story Mm. and then make a new one. Yeah. It's fine. Like, Mega Man Zero would have been better if, like, yeah, Star Zero, but it has no connection at all. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like, granted, yeah, that would mean the first game's hit, like, wouldn't hit as hard, you know, like. But, like, if you're going to go, like, you know, the vile direction and whatnot you don't need that connection the, the connection doesn't mm-hmm. help 
Right. Or like if you if you want the connection, like okay. I'm going to jump into absolute actual nonsense for a minute. All right, hit me. But so the Drakengard series, right? Yes. The Drakengard series has three entries with multiple endings each. And as I understand it, because I'm not super in there, I've just basically heard about this. Mm -hmm. There is an additional game called Nier. And as I understand it, Nier splits off, is a spinoff based on one of the endings of Drakengard 1. Hmm. Independent from the ending that leads to Drakengard 2. I might be misunderstanding this, but... The way I've heard it, it's basically like an actually branching timeline narrative. And, like, I feel like that would almost work here. Where, like, oh, Mega Man Zero is the sequel to Mega Man X, but not the other ones. Hmm. Like, what if Zero had actually died in Mega Man X? Yeah, like, do we need to, like, somehow tie Axel into all this and his weird abilities? Like, is that necessary? No. No, we don't. We really don't. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, not at all. Um... And one thing I'll give, I guess, like, Zero, the Zero series credit for, it does ignore, mm. for the most part, Mega Man X6 through (laughs) 8. Yes. Which... Sort of makes sense because those games were also being developed at the same time, so they couldn't know everything about those to use them. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it does obviously... But then, but then this leads to the problem, right? Of, like, where there's right. obvious contradictions with the Sigma virus. Right. We have created a class of replays that is immune. Oh, wait. No, but also... The, we need to have yeah. a cure for the Sigma virus. Right. Like, they should just be separate timelines. They, they should just be separate. 100%. Like, Mega Man Legends... Like, Mega Man Legends is about as separate as you can possibly get. But then yeah. Inafune, at some point, was like, no, we gotta talk about how it's actually linked. Right. And so... Okay. And so, Mega Man Legends. Which... Okay. So, that, that first game came out, what, 97? Yes. Okay. So, obviously, there was only so much nonsense they could shoehorn in there mm-hmm. into legends because most of that nonsense didn't exist yet yeah. um the bet the big mistake would be going on to say link zx3 to be the starting point that leads in the legend like legends should just be isolated and legends in its own right is pretty isolated mm-hmm. alex legends is mm. oh no go ahead fish i was gonna say legends's problem is a thing that I can't think of anything doing except for anime. Which is... Yeah. Look at this adventure. Look at this bright-eyed adventure. We're going on an adventure searching for buried treasure Mm -hmm. and fighting sky pirates and exploring unknown islands in this vast ocean world. And, oh, the ancient gods on the space station want to send down their nanite swarm to reset all of humanity and purge the over-existent carbon so that the human genome can be replicated to form a new Eden. Yep. Like, it's that third act twist that's, like, cosmic ethics philosophy. And haha, it was sci-fi the whole time. 
Yeah. And like it's One Piece meets Gurren Logan meets Last Exile. It's just anime all anime adventure I feel like does this. Yep. We're right at the end. Ahaha. The ancient ones on the space station were behind it all. And you're like, what? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is 0% the thing that we signed on with. Yeah, I, I did not agree. Get me off of this ride. This is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst ride. Space Mountain. Al- Alex, I have, you, you put a bad thought into my head. Uh, how would oh, you no. link Mega Man ZX3 to Legends? I think it would be something like you say, where it's like, Thomas is like, I, the Mega Man's, despite Albert going about it the wrong way, the Mega Man's he created are sort of the perfect evolution of humanity. Hmm. And therefore, I am going to, I am going to wipe the world clean of humans and reploids and let the Mega Man's be the next dominant species of the planet. Hmm. And then someone goes to stop him, and they stop him, but he manages to put into motion events that are basically going to contaminate the world and make it unlivable for humanity. Mm. And so they build a space arc that uh, all of humanity goes to live on while the world is re-terraformed to be habitable again. Can I, can I name the arc? go yeah it's called noah's ark sure why not and the planet terraforming is the flood of the world and yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's exactly how it would go yeah but then thomas is like oh but maybe you know what the reploids really were a mistake we need to just eliminate all the reploids but then one of the reploids i'm gonna say uh a red one hmm uh, maybe with a sword, I don't know, is like, how dare you? Humanity is the mistake, and he's going to attack Noah's Ark, hmm. and everyone's going to die except one person. But then that, but then, shoot, I hate my brain. <laughs> but then that one last human is protected by a reploid who 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 wants to protect humanity and that reploid's going to be blue. Oh. And the blue yes. reploid and the red reploid are going to fight to the death and then the red reploid is going to be destroyed and the blue reploid is going to say for the future of humanity that something you have to live and then he's going to take control of Model W and wipe out himself and all the reploids. The end. The end, except carbon somehow. <laughs> no, that... So he's going to take the human genome and Model W, and he's going he's gonna to say the reploids go away, but the seeds of the reploids and humanity are going to coexist on the flooded Earth and that becomes the carbons. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And it'll cut to like a capsule and like the capsule will open and, and something will come out. Because you have to have a sequel tease. Sure. 
Yeah, there we go. Perfect. I, I, I hope you all look forward to Mega Man ZX3 that we are creating on a fan it. game basis. It's going to be... I hate it so much. It's going to be built in the, the Mega Man X fan engine that's been released. It's going to be great. You know what I hate the most? I hate how easy this is to do. Yep. Oh, it's easy to just spout bullshit out and just kind of continue, like, endlessly. <laughs> as long as there's a blue one and a red one. You got it. And a disagreement about whether humanity deserves to live or die. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's the beautiful ingredients you just need. You have those ingredients, you got yourself a Mega Man story. Capcom, God. IRS. I'd do it. I'll be honest, I'd do oh, yeah, it. Hell yeah, I'd do it. Work on a Mega Man series? 100%. Quit everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today with the Mega Man series. A Once again, a series that starts out with just robots having fun and saving the world. Ends with extinction of all human life and... Um, and, and even, possibly artificial life as well. Yeah, and the, the few artif pieces of artificial life that you care about are stuck on a moon. We'll never get a sequel and you'll never get a resolution. And that's the story of Mega Man. Eternal depression and eventually everyone dying. I hope that's been a fun episode for everybody. It's been for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this has been a lot of fun, Alex. Thank you as always for uh, helping uh, helping keep uh, Noah's Ark stable and going straight towards that sun with me as we discuss these video game series. Indeed. <laughs> going to give a quick plug if you enjoy this sort of content remember ftp.podbean.com to see more episodes i'm also on twitch at www.twitch.tv slash one more time gfsn alex do you want to play anything before we go uh no i'm good fantastic all right everybody y'all take care and remember if you see a red reploid bad things are going to happen because it always happens that way 